Hi, this is Ilani Gardner from Rose Rabbit Live. Hi, I'm Katinka. And I'm Matt with 24 Meals. Hi, I'm Chef Stacy with Simply Pure, and you are listening to Two Sharp Chefs. Hello, and thanks for joining us. Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone here. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef and journalist. And I'm Louis Victor, chef and professional food photographer. We started this podcast in memory of one of the best food culture ambassadors of all time, Anthony Bourdain. In his memory, we wanted to do the right thing and build a better sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant workers, and food lovers here in Las Vegas and worldwide. Louie, I'm so excited because we're talking to Partage today, Chef Yuri and the general manager, Nicholas, yeah. about French food, and I'm a Francophile. Mm-hmm. So because of that, for today's pandemic provisions, we are talking about our favorite French food. And I'm going to start, because since I'm a crazy French-loving Francophile, um, I'm going to say souffle, which a lot of people say is so difficult to make, and it really isn't. It's just the way that you whip those eggs. Um, not to over-whisk them or, or under-whisk them. That is really the issue. Uh, souffle started actually in 1742, of course, in France. Uh, the first recipe is from Chef Vincent La Chapelle. And ready Dave for this, Lou? <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. I thought, too. But anyways, um, Vincent LaChapelle, uh, his first recipe was candied lemon peel and veal kidney, which at first sounded kind of gross, but then I thought about it a little bit more and I'm like, it's kind of like lemon and foie gras, so not really that gross. Uh, For me, the reason why I picked souffle is because when I was a little kid, I became very obsessed uh, very early in my life with Audrey Hepburn. And in Sabrina, she talks about souffles and makes souffles twice in the movie. And I thought when I grow up, I'm going to one day be able to make a souffle. And of course, for many years, I was really scared to do it like most people. But like anything when cooking, you just need to just do it. Like what's the worst that can happen? If your souffle falls, it still tastes super delicious. You can still eat it. It's just, yeah, the souffle, it being high and the higher that it is, it's more of like, you know, like a, ooh, I'm cool kind of thing (laughs) than it is a taste because it tastes just as good. It really doesn't lose any flavor by it falling. And the more you do it, just like with anything in cooking, the better you'll get at it and it'll become super easy. Like I make souffles at least once a week nowadays. Louis, what's your favorite? Awesome. I picked the Madeleine. Mmm. Madeleine's, you know, the cookie slash cake. Because it's really a cake, but it's not technically a cookie. So it's one of those kind of like hybrid things. But I picked it. Because it has an interesting history that kind of involves us both. Ah, okay. <laughs> so interesting. Um, so Madeline was actually an apprentice to uh, a pastry chef to the Duke of Lorraine or oh. Lorraine. Oh, Alsace Lorraine. Yes. Yeah. So uh, legend says that she has invented the Madeline because that was her grandma's recipe and was the only thing that she knew how to make. Ah. So, more interestingly, Louis the 15... <laughs> Louis! Yeah, I know. Made the cookies famous because she took ah. um, took the cookies to his wife and his wife just basically said, oh, these are so good. Now they're like flying out like hotcakes and stuff. And then as far as like how it's shaped, traditionally it was given to pilgrims and the pilgrim's um, symbol was actually a, a shell. So ah. it only makes sense to shape the cookies given to pilgrims in the shape of a shell. 
I love an amazing Madeleine. Like yeah. I love the lemon ones. Those are my favorite. Or mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. French I know. cooking. I know. Uh, oh. So we are talking about French cooking and we're talking about the wonderful Partage in Las Vegas' Chinatown coming up right now. Louis, we are so excited today because we have the exciting men from Partage, the French fine dining restaurant in Las Vegas' Chinatown with us. We have Chef Yuri and we have the GM, Nicholas. How are you guys? Bonjour, ça va. Thank you. We are fine. Pretty good. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much you for joining us. Uh, we want to start with the question of what made you pick that location of Chinatown? Because it's pretty unusual to have a French restaurant in Chinatown. Because Nicolas is uh, half Asian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, mom, my mom is Vietnamese, so I felt I was legit to you know, apply for location in, in Chinatown. But uh, right. more seriously, though, we, when we opened our first location, Eat on uh, Sahara and Buffalo, we uh-huh. felt like uh, we needed a location that would be better to you know, attract some customers from the street. And uh, we started looking, you know, after Sparrow and Wolf did so well in Chinatown, and we felt like, wow, there is also room for non-Asian restaurants here. And that would be kind of an unexpected location and kind of like of the past hidden gem that we already had at Eat. And that would be like, you know, also a very interesting location to get people from the street getting into this kind of unexpected experience. So that's how we started browsing for you know, locations here. And then uh, we first uh, made a bid on the Lotus building when they had some retail space on the ground floor. And, uh, you know, Chala Street that was uh, here before us was uh, up for sale. And we really jumped on the on the offer because he had already all the features we wanted, a uh, private room, a wine cellar, a uh, very nice bar. So it was, a you know, kind of a no-brainer for us when everything came together. It felt like it was fate knocking at the door. And I have to ask you guys, coming from uh, France, which is pretty much the dining capital of the world, why, Chef Yuri, why would you want to move out of France and come to America and more specifically come to Las Vegas to open a restaurant whether, rather than where you are from? I still don't know, to be honest. I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> why the desert? Uh, <laughs> All right, hot, not hot enough in France. <laughs> no, seriously, it was uh, more like... Um, I made, I used to work everywhere in France, south, west, east, north. It's a really small country. I used to work five years in Paris, traffic, you know, a lot of traffic and noisy uh, building everywhere. It's kind of uh, New York for USA. So I was uh, tired about the the city and uh, decided to, to move somewhere else. I want to discover the world and change my mind and uh, bring some uh, new flavor in my style of cooking. And I met uh, Nicolas. Uh, I used to work with Nicolas. He used to run a business in Paris, uh, me as well. So, um, and one day he told me, hey, what about uh, going to Vegas? I'm going everywhere. So, and uh, I tried to see the market and uh, advertise, you know, um, so I say, why not? But I have to go 15 days because, you know, uh, Vegas for me is dangerous. Uh, <laughs> gambling, gambling, and uh, <laughs> it's sincerity for me. Of course, he showed me all the best restaurants uh, and the best part of the town. Um, uh, he did the, the thing well to make me uh, uh, come, move with him. So 
And I felt like uh, when I I came back to France, uh, went back to my work, and uh, I was like, uh, okay, I think I really love this town, so let's do the move. And six months later, um, we find a way to um, to, to finally uh, show up with a visa. And uh, six years later, we still uh, we here, you know. When we when we moved here at first, uh, it was kind of a of a challenge because uh, we had to share everything and we had to sustain as you know as long as possible with with uh, both chefs because we didn't have much savings in front of us and we could sustain eight or nine months when we uh, when we arrived and we shared a house one fridge one uh, you know one car and that's why partage is really means sharing in France it's really about our and you guys have both worked for major restaurants, uh, Michelin-starred restaurants in France, which many people would say is one of the best countries on earth for food. So what influences do you take from Michelin-starred restaurants in your own restaurant? Um, I used to work in only a Michelin-starred restaurant in France. Started with <laughs> one-star Michelin and grow to two-star Michelin and finally the three Michelin star uh, in Paris. So I thought my resume, uh, you know, has to be, has to be built with only Michelin star, which one is not true. But I'm glad I did it because uh, I saw a lot of things and a different style of cooking. And uh, uh, so when you grow from one star to three star, what changed is just the, the perfection and the, you know, the working in a three Michelin star, it's more about uh, cooking like a pastry guy. You know, you have uh, to wait everything. Everything has yeah. to be on the same order. You you know, um, if the chef says, okay, I want my personal chips on this way. If you put this way, you got fire, basically, you know. <laughs> yeah, fired. Uh, fired right away. <laughs> <laughs> The new generation uh, is a different mindset, so I had to bring uh, some uh, some skills and uh, uh, change and uh, adapt a little bit uh, the style of cooking for America. Are any of you disappointed that Michelin does not come to Vegas to rate restaurants? Of course, everybody wants uh, a star. The ones say, no, I don't want a star, he's li a liar, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's a pressure on after that because if you have, uh, you have one star, you don't want to lose it and you're going to get the second star. So it's like uh, working uh, um, against the clock and uh, uh, stressful uh, atmosphere. And uh, I think it changed a lot the way you see um, the cuisine, the style of cooking, and you put pressure on you and cooking with pressure i don't think is the great thing to do if the michelin guide were here in town i really truly think uh, my family will be impacted because uh, yeah good answer so Very good answer yeah so i'm glad they are not here <laughs> I want to ask you this too, Nicholas, because you, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a general manager of a fine dining restaurant. What do you bring from France, you know, and that idea of things being, you know, just at a higher level, um, as you bring that to Vegas, you know, what kind of skills and like experience do you take to partage? You know, we try to bring a lot of knowledge and passion about the wine because we only sell French wine and not because we are trying to be 
pretentious, but it's the wine that we know and, and we grew up with and we've been educated with. So that would, you know, for us, it, it actually made way more sense to have only French wine to be completely authentic to the story we wanted to tell at Partage. So we try to bring and to share with our staff, like, you know, this quest for perfection, the attention to details, the attention for... Uh, sharing and educate our guests as well about the origin and you know the love from the producer when they when they grow their wine and their grapes and you know they can they decide you know they, they taste several samples from their vineyard before deciding when they're going to harvest the grapes and we try to share you know those story about that, that actually makes us authentic so that's why we have a good blend of like you know french native uh, servers and also some French, uh, you know, non-native or people who uh, actually speak French. But I would say, like, the thing I'm, you know, mostly proud of is uh, this quest for perfection that we brought at Eat and Partage that allowed to have, like, uh, in 2019, both restaurants listed in a top 100 restaurant in the U.S. from Open Table. That was really something we are really proud of because, first, because we never expected that when we came here, but also because it showed us that this quest for perfection as, you know, can have a great outcome very fast. So, you know, it was everything that we tried to bring from France and we had to adapt here. As Chef said, like, you know, in terms of conveying the message, uh, motivating our staff or correcting our staff, it was a very good experience before us, human experience to bring our knowledge, but twist them to adapt them so that they can be conveyed the way it needs to be conveyed here. Chef Uria, speaking of the quest for perfection, uh, you were recently, this is really awesome, you recently became a master chef of France. You're joining the ranks of Eric Riper, Daniel Bouloud. Uh, what does that mean to you? That's quite an achievement. Yeah, it's really an achievement. Uh, I'm pretty proud and uh, I'm thankful for my uh, godfathers. Um, and um, I am uh, glad and uh, uh, you know, really proud to represent uh, French cuisine in the uh, United States. Chef Yuri, you make us look good too because you're putting Las Vegas on the map as well. So that's very awesome. We're proud of you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'd like to ask you a little bit about the steps you've taken um, during the pandemic because we noticed right away when you guys put out that awesome video of the steps that you're taking, becoming very proactive about how to keep, you know, your your customers safe and people make people feel comfortable during this time. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit, um, Nicholas, about the steps that you've taken and how you came up with the ideas because some of your ideas were actually quite innovative. So, you know, it really came down to... We took the list from the health department and I said, like, we're going to do exactly what they asked for, you know, line by line and making sure that, you know, for everything that we can try to find a way to do it differently than other people. So, you know, it came to, oh, what do we do at Partage? We do this projection system on the, on the private dining room. So let's try to project the menu on the walls as well to avoid having, you know, like wasting paper, but as well, you know, try to avoid you know, menus, paper menus. And then uh, the QR code was actually something that we, we came up with because we saw, you know, all of our guests popping their phone up, you know, out of their pocket anyway when they would come in. So I said, like, you know, let's at least try to, them to see the menu. And then it became very easier for us as well because our menu changed, you know, so often that, you know, it was always printing, printing new, pay, new menus. And right. for here we could just change it on the computer. So that was really great too. Uh, the mask and uh, and um, you know and and the, and the gloves. It was you know obviously something that we had to, but we wanted to 
you know, use that like, you know, in style. So we get, got the black gloves to go every, all of our servers and, and cooks are dressed in black. So that goes very well, you know, like a, to, to really stay in sh- sh- uh, safe, but in style as well. And for the mask, it came naturally as well because the chefs are all in black with the black hats and uh, black chef's hats. And we wanted to have everybody look the same so that people can actually feel, okay, I, I know that, you know, I can easily recognize a member of staff and I can easily recognize what they are going to do for us. And we um, took extra step as well to sanitize every hour, every, you know, like uh, high touch surfaces. And also we installed like four contactless hand sanitizers uh, everywhere, everywhere it made sense. So we kind of did like uh, try to simulate the guest pass or, uh, along the restaurant so that we make sure that every time they would be uh, you know, able to touch a handle, then they would have immediately right away like something to sanitize. So it really came like, you know, like that analyzing the path of each guest and making sure that every step they would take uh, towards any direction in a the restaurant, they would feel safe. All right. I have to ask you guys for each of you, and let's go ahead and go with Chef Yuri first. If there's one thing that people need to eat at Partage, what is the one thing you have one choice for them to one eat? Choice. I would say the duck pitivier. A huge portion of duck, foie gras, uh, buttering cabbage, bacon, uh, uh, layered, you know, different layered and um, baked in a puff pastry dough. Uh, so you have all the flavor melting together. And um, so the, basically the foie gras is on the top. So it's melting when it's cooking on the meat. Ooh. And uh, the fat from uh, foie gras and the fat from the meat, uh, the duck is melting on the the the, um, the cabbage. Everything uh, wrapped in a puff pastry dough. Uh, you know, it's golden. It's beautiful color. Uh, it's shareable for two to four people. Um, the taste is amazing. The looking is amazing. And Pitivier um, is the name of a uh, little town uh, little, uh, under Paris. Uh, so you have thousand and thousand ways to cook the Pitivier. But I would say mine is, uh, is not bad. You should come try it. <laughs> we will. Very, very decadent. I can't wait to try it. Right. Uh, Nicholas, and- what's the one for you? You can pick one thing at Portage to have. Well, you already talked about the food, so I think, uh, you know, for me, I would love to highlight one of the wine I really like and that okay. we picked here awesome. uh, at Partage because uh, it is, uh, you know, uh, uh, the champagne that we carry from Laurent Perrier is uh, okay. my family uh, worked for three generations for this champagne brand on my mother's side. So when I grew up, uh, I spent my first Easter celebrating in the little town in Champagne where the estate from Laurent Perrier is. So when I found out it was finally available here in Vegas, I was so happy and proud to carry uh, the Brut and the Rosé on the menu. And, you know, I share the, send the pictures to all my family in France and say, hey, I brought a little bit of, uh, you know, our history uh, here in Las Vegas. So I'm really proud that we carry those two champagnes. I love that. I have to ask you as a follow-up, Nicholas, does it bother you at all that a lot of Americans here will call any sparkling wine champagne? (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was talking about that not too long ago, and and you know, for us, for us, it was like kind of a very snobby thing. Like, I first tasted a Cremant, so basically a sparkling that is not champagne, yeah. like four years ago, because uh-huh. I grew up, so, you know, despising the all of fam- my family was despising the the Cremant. So like, ah, don't try that, you know, <laughs> your body, you know, so. 
it's uh, you know it, it, it's really it's really uh, like uh, entertaining for us to explain and that's part of the experience to, to educate you know as well that's why you know some are, are called champagne and why they are allowed to be called champagne and why the other ones cannot be called so you know it's it, it's it's fun and we try to turn it into you know fitting in into the experience of educating and sharing what we brought here I love that. We need that education here. Right. Um, okay, awesome. so we're going to move on to show and tell. And is it going to be Chef Yuri today that has something to show and tell with us? Any plates I, I played with this, I use all the time. Uh, it stayed with me uh, in my uh, central pockets. Uh, what I want to show you this is simple, is a tweezer, but um, it's to show you. Uh, the detail we want to put in the plates. So when you set the plates with the, the tweezer, it's pay attention to the details. Um, any uh, flower or any, you know, uh, ships or any small detail you want to bring up in uh, to show to people uh, in the plates, I take the tweezer. I have many tools I use every day, but this is my uh, main um, uh, it's, this is my gunshot. Yeah. That's very and, uh, awesome. I love tweezers personally. Um, but what do you say to the people that say, oh my gosh, those, those chefs, they use tweezers. It's ridiculous. Um, what's your response to that? Because some people think, oh God, tweezers. Any place that has tweezers, I don't want to eat there because it's so snobby. Uh, nothing bad. I mean, it's their choice. But what I can answer is I have a pretty huge hand. So to bring details <laughs> in a plate, it's, it's simply... It's yeah. impossible. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, for me, it's really important to, to show the love in the plate. And um, my personal uh, perception to bring love in a plate is the detail so yeah i used to work with tweezer all my life uh in three michelin star you don't put uh, your finger in the plate sorry guys if i um, disappoint you but yeah. <laughs> no that's good you don't it's disappoint good. us because we we work at restaurants with tweezers, with tweezers too, too. <laughs> yeah it's funny um okay so let's go ahead and move on to on the fly which is 60 seconds rapid fire questions and i'm gonna go ahead and take on chef yuri first louis do you have your timer ready i have my timer ready okay so we're just gonna ask you questions chef yuri and you try to come up with your best answer as quick as you can you ready to go yeah uh, All right. Let's try. Three, two, one, and go. On the fly with Chef Yuri. Quarantine comfort food. Your favorite? Uh, sandwiches. Childhood food craving? Uh, croque monsieur. Nice. First thing you'll do when the pandemic is fully over? Uh, make a huge party with friends uh, and family. Um, your dream place to travel and eat? Um, I would uh, try uh, Japan. Your uh, favorite wine grape? I would say um, for the red um, uh, Cabernet and uh, would say for the uh, I would say Chardonnay. And how about outdoor activity? Uh, I'm a huge fan of golf, golfing. So that's my activity and spending time with uh, wife and kids. Yeah. And 
How about your favorite Las Vegas restaurant besides Partage? Uh, eat. <laughs> ah, you're funny. Awesome. Let me go ahead and let's go with Nicholas. 60 Nicholas. seconds rapid fire questions. Nicholas, are you ready, dear? Dream place to travel and eat. Uh, Greece and best uh, restaurant in Athens. Favorite music? Taylor Swift. Oh, wow. Taylor Swift. <laughs> I know that, me too. <laughs> Quarantine comfort food. Uh, uh, Greek food, tzatziki, and I went, yeah, tzatziki, definitely. Okay. Um, what haven't you done that you really want to do? Uh, travel to Japan, same as Chef. It was one of our plans to go there. Awesome. Favorite wine grape? Uh, Pinot Noir. Okay. First thing you'll do when this pandemic is over? Um, go to a concert. What concert? Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Outdoor activity. <laughs> uh, soccer. Soccer. Awesome. Okay, Nicholas, we're going to ask one more thing. If you can please just sell it for Partage. Anything that you want to say about the restaurant, it's your time. Uh, join us at Partage because every time you're going to join us is going to be a different experience. The menu change all the time. We change the wine pairing. We bring... Every time the freshest and the seasonal ingredients, the chefs take a lot of pride uh, to bring and design new recipes, you know, as often as you can. And uh, for the dessert side as well, it's just, you know, amazing creation that you will not find anywhere else. And we really want you to sit and relax. So we customize everything for you so that you can just enjoy your time and let us drive the car. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much to Chef Yuri and to Nicholas from Partage. It was so nice speaking with you, and we will come visit you at your restaurant very soon. Yes, we'll ask ask Taylor Swift to come. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. We love subscribers almost as much as we love food. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. And check out Two Sharp Chefs, that's with a number two, on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our WordPress blog. Email us with any questions and ideas at twosharpchefs at gmail.com. And Louie, we stream new episodes every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. It's been a pleasure. We're 86th. Till next week.